Welcome to the Life Rips Podcast, where I, Brett Bond, founder and host, interview and converse with others so we can all gain a better perspective as to what's really going on in this crazy world we live in. We're going to find out why life rips for some and not so much for others. Brought to you by Happy Gang Coaching, a coaching service that is solely centered around helping people become the happiest version of themselves, no matter the circumstances. Whether it's anxiety, depression, overthinking, or any other sort of roadblock that is potentially getting in the way of your happiness, let's take a deep dive into those roadblocks and look at things from a different perspective, a perspective outside of the norm. As somebody who used to abuse anti-anxiety medication and at one point held a 38 special to my head, to now helping others find happiness and being happy just to be alive, I can tell you that everybody has the ability to be happy. Everybody has the ability to change, but it all starts with your belief system. If you believe you can't, then you can't. If you believe that you can, you can. So if you want to learn more about my story or just chat one-on-one, you can schedule a free strategy session at happygangcoaching.com. Now let's get into it. Welcome to the Life Rips Podcast. I got my boy Dalton Jensen. Dalton, how you doing today, brother? Good, man. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Dude, I love I love uh being on your I love this opportunity. Um it's it's fun to it's fun to kind of trade places, dude. I'm I'm excited. Thank you. Yeah, love, absolutely, your, pod- love man. your podcast, man. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. And you got you know, you got a super sweet podcast yourself. <laughs> so I feel blessed to have you on. Um, why don't you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you got going on? For sure, man. Uh, I'm, you know, Dalton uh, hosts the Thinking Project, where I interview business owners and uh, and uncover our futures and their stories, man. And so, uh, but it's but it's good, man. That's what I got going on. I, I I had a few other things, but I've really dialed it into just focusing on the podcast and that community. So that's what I got going on, man. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, you and me go way back, man. Uh, back in the good old car sales days, <laughs> we man. Did. We do, man. Jeez. I'm glad to be out. I don't know about you, but a lot oh, less stress sure. and a lot better environment being out of car sales. So oh yeah. I mean, no doubt all day, dude. That's easy. That's a no-brainer. <laughs> That's a no-brainer. You know, so with this, with the whole life rips podcast, the the biggest point is I want to hear about people's stories, you know. It's good, always good to get that other perspective and to really see where you come from and the things that helped you get to where you're at in life now, you know? Um, and so I was curious, did you have like a particular aha moment for you where you feel like life changed or your perspective changed or a a sort of aha (laughs) spiritual moment? Yeah, man, you know, it's interesting because I can count on my hands how many times I've had big aha moments. Like they don't very happen very often for me. Uh, And I think the biggest reason is just because life happens gradually. You know, you learn a little bit, you learn a little bit, and then one day you got the whole thing figured out. Right. And so, you know, an aha moment. Um, I read a book by Ryan holiday. Uh, He's one of my favorite authors called the obstacle is the way and i read that when i was like 24 or so 23 24 something like that and uh, i know the principle and we kind of all get the idea of the book from the title right the uh, you know what stands in the way becomes the way but that introduced me to uh, an old 
Hellenistic Greek philosophy called Stoicism. That's kind of gotten a lot of buzz now. It's kind of coming back. Um, Ryan Holiday has been at the kind of the forefront of that. And when I read that book, it's the first book in a series of three. So uh, the obstacle is the way um, ego is the enemy and stillness is the key. That's like his trilogy. That's his setup. And they're great books. Um, So with that being said, I read that book and it really put me on a new course. It really put me on a new trajectory uh, as far as integrating what these Stoics believed uh, into my own into my own belief systems that were already in place. And so it really enhanced it. So that was a big one. That was most recently. uh, And, you know, that's been five or six years ago now, but uh, most recently that's been the big one that kind of put me on a new trajectory. I love that, man. Yeah. I've read that book too. I remember reading that book and just being like, wow, this is resonating. You know, (laughs) it's, it's definitely some heavy stuff. And the thing I love about stoicism is that, there's so much truth in it that you can see it shines through in other religions and other philosophies, you know, it's almost like the things that other people preach or say, um, you know, as truth, they, they shine through a stoicism. It's just so present in so many different religions and philosophies and just in life in general. And I feel like everybody can find truth in it. You know, I've, I've never met someone who's just like, yeah, I really disagree with that, you know? Yeah. Well, stoicism is kind of like Buddhism where, where it's not really a religion you know, it's more of like a, a practices. So you can be a, you know, it, or, or like existentialism where it's not really a religion. It's, it's more of a philosophy and, and not to say that, you know, cause I took a few religious history and, and studies classes uh, and kind of went down that rabbit hole for a long time. And so, and so you can tell, you know, you, but you're not really Buddhist, right? There's no like, um, there's no piety or, or, induction into like Buddha, like, you know, in Christianity, you'd be baptized, uh, you know, and so in Abrahamic religions, there's, there's some kind of, um, induction initiation. Yeah. 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 Initiate. Yeah. Something like that in non-Abrahamic religions. So like Islam, for example, or, or, uh, Hinduism or something like that. It's not like in, like in Islam, you know, it's like a prayer, um, you know, in Hinduism, it's kind of, similar right you kind of just adopt those beliefs but in buddhism and stoicism existentialism things like that there's no real induction you just you know they're just good principles like you there's you you either believe you know in what buddhists you know what the buddha taught um and you can kind of pick and choose with that like but there's a lot of good in it and it's definitely not like a separate thing there's no um you know, separation. Like I, I incorporate a lot of those things into my own personal beliefs, even though I subscribe to one particular religion, it doesn't mean that I can't uh, incorporate some of those stoic or Buddhist or existential beliefs into my, you know, set. For sure. Yeah. I think that's honestly why I gravitate towards it so much and why I gravitated toward Buddhism so much was just Mm. because it's not something where you know, you, you have to have this like organization that you're yeah. under almost, you know, it's just, just a set of beliefs. It's a, it's a way of living, you know, and yeah. like you said, you know, if something doesn't resonate with you, well then that's okay. Yeah, you can on. adopt the things that do, you know? So I, I love that. Yeah, man. So getting a little bit deeper into it, 
I mean, what has your experience with anxiety or depression been? You know, have you had any periods of time in your life where you felt really anxious or you felt really depressed? Yeah, man, absolutely. So it's a good point to bring up. And it's fun to be vulnerable like that on a podcast like this. So I appreciate it, man. And, you know, I go, I go to therapy quite a bit. Um, I'm more on the anxiety side than I am on the depression side. Um, Although I, you know, although I have both um, definitely more on like the, you know, what's the buzzword now, like high functioning anxiety (laughs) and uh, diagnosed ADHD. Um, but yeah, dude, I, I, I have, I have had a lot of, uh, you know, I've had moments like panic attacks and things like that, even, even now. So yeah, man, I've got a few for sure. And, and what is the number one thing that has helped you, you know, uh, coping with it or combating it per se? Yeah, dude. Uh, anxiety for me is, uh, is all about brain dumps and this is where stoicism comes in to play when I, so I do a mindfulness technique and I call it brain dump. I don't know what it, journaling is probably a a better word, but I don't do it. I, I journal, but I do a brain dump whenever I get um, very anxious. So what I'll do is uh, because in your head, when, when you're having a panic attack, there's so many things going wrong in your wrong in your head. It feels like a tornado, you know, it feels like there, you've got 50 things and, And so what I've found out is that I do a brain dump and I write everything that's bugging me and I really get it all out on paper. And what I thought was 50 things turns into like three or four. Um, And then I, and then once I get those on paper, then I ask my, then I answer each, each question. So, you know, I did a brain dump recently. What's bugging you? Okay. Well, money's bugging me. Um, My job is bugging me. And then, so for those two examples, like, can I control either one of those? Well, money, kind of, you know, we, we can control money kind of, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes people can't, sometimes you're in a job that, I mean, it is what it is and you get a paycheck and then you go home and there's nothing really, there's no there's not much more you can do about that. So I just answer the question, can it, can you control it? And if the answer is no, uh, then I figure out so then I just do my mental stoic exercises, right? Like, well, if I can't control it, I either got to, I either have to get rid of it or live with it. And if I can't get rid of it, well, then at least, you know, you know what I mean? There's comfort in knowing, um, you know, in, uh, in therapy, they call it labeling. So if you can label an emotion, you can deal with the emotion because you know what's going on. Most of the time we can't deal with stuff because we don't know what's going on. So uh, that's what I do for anxiety. I do a, I do journaling and I just brain dump, man. So powerful. Did you learn that from Tim Ferriss? Uh, I, you know what, dude? I honestly don't know. It could have been Tim Ferriss because I'm a big Tim Ferriss fan. Um, I do know what I, I I started doing it when I found stoicism. But Tim Ferriss is great, dude. I mean, I probably I mean. It was, it's definitely not a, an original idea of mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just asked because I think, I think, and I could be wrong, but Tim Ferriss is the one who calls it a brain dump. And he talks about, you know, oh. when you very first wake up in the beginning of the day, you know, you just dump it all out there. And I remember sure. my buddy and I had been journaling, you know, probably not as much as I should have been at the time, but I was still journaling quite a bit. And my buddy just told me about the brain dump and told me about, you know, how Tim Ferriss, uh, had recommended it and stuff. And I remember doing it one day when I was camping and I woke up and I just 
dumped everything I had going on and onto the paper. And it's crazy how relieving it is, you know, because if we don't meditate, if we don't vocalize it right with like going to a therapist or going to a coach, or if we don't let it out on paper, it's like, where does it go? It just keeps circling in our mind. Right. You know, and I love how you brought up, uh, you know, just gaining clarity on the situation. Like even if there is something that you can't change, right. Because ultimately what we're talking about is just bringing true awareness to the situation. Like, okay, this is what it is. And so then you have a game plan versus just overanalyzing, overanalyzing. And it's like analysis paralysis, you know, we go through that loop of like how it happened, why it happened, how it happened, why it happened. Yeah. Well, you know, in, in, uh, so another one of my favorite stories in Buddhism, and I and I think we talked about this maybe on one of my podcasts when you and I uh, talked. But one of my favorite stories from Buddhism is this idea of, and and one of my favorite principles is the idea of pain and suffering. And the story is is a man's shot with an arrow, and he's shot with an arrow, and he's experiencing pain. And pain, it, there's not too much you can do about it. You get cut. You get cut. And that hurts. And there's nothing really you can do about that. But there's a difference between pain and suffering. And the suffering comes in when you tell yourself the story about why you got shot with an arrow. And not dealing with the reality of the situation. So um, a man gets shot with an arrow. And it's a perfect analogy because you can you it brings up boundaries, right? So we suffer when we go, why the heck do you shoot me with an arrow, dude? Like, was it malicious? Was it an accident? And then the question becomes, does it matter? Because if it was malicious, we can set boundaries, right? Like, yeah, dude, you, you had a really shitty mom. I get it, right? But you suffer every day because you tell yourself the story of like, you know, it should have been like this. It should have been like this. It should have been like this. And that's suffering when the reality is, is you had a shitty mom, um, set your boundaries, go to therapy and then, and then you're done with it. Right. And if it was an accident, so you get shot with an arrow and it was an accident, well, get the hell out of there, bro. You don't have to stay there. And then don't go back to the person who shot you with an arrow. Probably shouldn't be around him anyway. So you know what I mean? That's probably one of my favorite things when we're talking about this is like, just understanding that pain is going to happen, that things will happen to you, but you don't have to keep telling yourself this story true or made up by the way, could be totally true that this dude was maliciously trying to hunt you down with an arrow. Doesn't really change the fact that you got to figure it out. Yeah. Get out yeah. of the way, set your boundaries. Don't go back. You know, all well, the, and I heard this, this Buddhist monk on TikTok. he was the one who I get the, how it happened, why it happened framing from, and it just <laughs> yeah. makes so much sense. If you think about it, like, what is the story about, right? When we're telling this story, it's about right. how it happened and it's about why it happened. And then we can, you know, we can eliminate the story altogether, or we can change the story. There's two different avenues. You know, it's almost like the Buddhist monk approach is like, just eliminate the story, just be with it, right? Accept yeah, yeah. it. And then yeah. it will, it will transmute. <laughs> then the other avenue is like the Tony Robbins approach, right? Like you're just telling yourself the wrong story, right? You can tell yourself a, a good story as to why it happened. You know, there've yeah. been times in my life where I changed the narrative and I'm aware that I'm telling a story. So it's like, if I'm going to tell myself a story, right? Maybe it's a lesson I need to learn. What, what am I, what am I learning from this? How am I gaining from this? And, yeah. uh, 
you know, another note on all of that is I realized that I used to go the Tony Robbins approach a lot where I was like, Oh, I'll just change my story. I'll just turn everything into a positive, you know, and it works to some extent. Right. But when you really surrender to it, you know, I think it's like, we're supposed to feel emotions for something like 27 seconds. Mm -hmm. And when you really become present with the, with the moment and you become present with that emotion, whether it's quote unquote, good or bad, it naturally does its thing. And it kind of, you know, works its its way out of your body. You just have to be present with it and kind of uh, almost embrace the suffering. And that's what stoicism is yeah. all about, right? Is like obstacle is the way, you know? Yeah. Well, and there's a framework that we learned in car sales that over my years of, of uh, therapy that I've kind of adopted on how I deal with like emotions and thoughts and stuff. I'm not perfect at it. Uh, but, but did you ever hear about, did you ever learn like aim? Like uh, when, when a customer would give you an objection, like in sales, it's like this aim framework. That's like acknowledge the objection, isolate the objection and then manage the objection. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big, and and there's a lot of different acronyms, but I found that this one works extremely well in like mental health when you're dealing with like these thoughts and emotions. So, so you aim, right. So you acknowledge the emotion, you isolate the emotion and then you manage it. Right. So I'm, I'm feeling angry. This is anger right? I'm angry because, and then you manage it and then, and managing it is whatever you want, right? Yeah. Tony Robbins is like the the guy he's, you know, your life changes when you figure out when your worst moment was your best moment. Right. All right, dude. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's how you got to manage it, dude. <clears throat> well, and that's the thing. There's so many different ways to go about it. Yeah, know? there is. There's a ton. That one works for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I think sometimes in my past, I used to get so focused on like, Oh, this is the way that worked for me. So this is the way that's going to work for everybody else. And it's not always the case, you know, um, and certain things may work for a a variety of different people, but you just have to try different things and find out like, okay, for my neural networks and like for how I feel and for the life that I'm living, what's going to work best for me in this situation. Right. Cause there's, there may be a different part of life where you have to try different things, you know, that, that work yeah. for you. Things that worked in the past may not work a year from now, you know? Yeah, dude. Absolutely. Well, yeah. And it's, and it's just knowing yourself, you know, it's knowing yourself. It's, it's being comfortable with like adapting to whatever circumstances are happening now. And, uh, and that's it, man. I mean, just not, don't be afraid to like change it up, you know? Yeah, for sure. Try new things, you know, just even uh, just changing little things I've noticed can make a big difference. Um, You know, Joe Dispenza talks a lot about, uh, you know, different patterns that we engage with and how we wake up every single day and we do the same routine. Uh, Just doing something as sleeping on a different side of the bed and uh, parking in a different (laughs) parking spot, right? Um, Changing your furniture around, right? Feng Shui. There's so many just different things that you can do that it makes your brain feel like, Oh, this is, this is not what I'm normally used to, you know, and it, right. it, it creates an environment for change to map new neural networks. Oh yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail right on the head. No doubt. Um, one other question I wanted to ask you, and, and this is kind of a tough one, but why do you think we're here? What's, what's our purpose? Mm. Yeah, man. I think, uh, so I'll tell you, a little counterintuitive approach. One of my, another one of my favorite authors um, is Mark Manson. And he wrote a book called the subtle art of not giving a fuck. And then he wrote um, 
a book hit this follow-up it everything is fucked uh, a book on home. <laughs> and um which is funny because you so i dude i love first of all i love good headlines like that everything is fucked a book about hope yeah. you're like dude i gotta read this and figure out what this guy's trying to say <laughs> yeah. another one of my favorite books that has a headline like that is uh everything happens for a reason another lies i've loved by kate bowler by the way great book and i cracked it open because i was like this lady is crazy yeah it's a good book so what are we here for uh, mark manson talks about in everything is fucked um about about you know getting getting crazy about this purpose thing i personally believe that our purpose can change during the seasons of our life so but that doesn't excuse the fact that we've got to find some kind of like ultimate vision for our life. And if you want to call that purpose or something like that, but your ultimate vision, the way it manifests in, in the seasons of your life, depending on where you are can change. Right. So like goals, for example, I wrote, I I wrote a Twitter thread on this the other day um, about goals and how they, how your goals should be creating habits that help that, that manifest your ultimate vision. So like, and and I guess we can call that purpose. I guess you can call it whatever you want. So like, what's our ultimate vision, man. I don't know what everybody, what everybody is, but I'll tell you what though. Um, I'll tell you what it's, you know, um, who said it? There's a, there's a book called the course on miracles. I can't remember who wrote it. Um, but, she taught, she says for the one thing she says is heaven is entered into two by two. And I think that's a big, now, whether you believe in heaven or not, or, or afterlife, like your heaven is a state of mind. And that is always entered into two by two. And, and it comes from serving people, man. So I, what's your ultimate, vi- what's your ultimate vision or your purpose? Like, I don't know, man, but I do know that it has something to do with that. If you want to be happy in this life and by the way, happy, Man, this is a good question because I'm kind of going all over the place. I don't believe. I don't believe. So let me let me let me back up just a little bit. I don't believe that happiness is the goal. Should be the goal. Here's what I believe. I believe that peace should be the goal. Right, like because you can be peaceful in turbulent times. So I love the Bible, um, and whether you know whether you or I, because I you know some of the stories in the Bible I don't believe happened. I believe that they're allegories. I believe that they're myths that teach us lessons. So whatever you believe, I think there's some beautiful myths in the Bible. And, um, and you can be peaceful in turbulent times when the sea is tossing and and the disciples are on the boat and they're like, Jesus, why are you sleeping? It's because he knew what, what was going on. He's like, yeah, I mean, we're on a, we're on an ocean guys. What'd you think? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Um, so you can be peaceful in turbulent times. So I think peace is the goal. I think you get peace when you, when you know, when you know, like when you're okay with yourself, when you know yourself and when, and when you're, and when your whole focus is on helping people, you know what I mean? So, so yeah, man, what's, what's the purpose? What's the, what's my ultimate vision? I know for me, it it has to do with other people because, because of this idea. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I love that. That's beautiful, man. I think you yeah. bring up a good point uh, when it comes to peace 
And, uh, you know, happiness is always a, a big word that a lot of people have different uh, versions of and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, especially, you know, like when I chose happy gang, I was like, oh, yeah, it's simple. You know, gang of happy people. It's simple. And then yeah. I realized that, you know, sometimes it can cause unrest in the sense that, you know, well, you can't be happy all the time. And I think it really boils down to your own interpretation of the word for happiness. And what I yeah. realized, like later on down in my journey was that like happiness for me well, kind of was that peace, you know, that bliss. Yeah. And yeah. I think to simplify it even more, in my own opinion, I think our purpose in a sense, I think we ultimately decide our own purpose almost, you know, yeah. like whatever yeah. you, you think your purpose is, like it is, you know, like you decide that. Yeah. Um, but we are human beings, yeah. you know, and, and it kind of goes into what you said, you know, is there really like this grandiose purpose? Is there a right answer? At the end of the day, yeah. we're human beings, you know, sometimes all we need to do. And in fact, I think really all we need to do is, is just be to be content with being. And then once you almost accomplish that, you can absolutely go out and serve others and help others. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of our, I think one of the big ones, if you want to blanket something, right. I think one of the big ones is like creators, like we're creators um, because I do believe in God, um, and, you know, and I say that with respect to everybody, like I don't care what you believe really, but I, I choose to believe in God. And one of the reasons I believe that we're here is like to be creators, you know, we create things. I think, I think that's one of the, dude, uh, you were geeking out. I, we were geeking out almost at the same time about NFTs. Why are NFTs so big right now? I'll tell you why. Has nothing to do, although the technology is freaking unbelievable. We got a lot, we got a lot to go on that, and NFTs are new. But listen, like the world is shifting, but from from this, and I don't think it'll ever go away, but like, you know, you can't make a million dollars playing games. Yeah, you can. You'll never make money on Adobe, like creating JPEGs. Well, we are. You know what I mean? And it's because you know, and, and, and it's no fault to our parents. Like I really feel like they were trying to do what's best for us, but the reason NFTs are so big right now is because we love that creativity, man. You know, there's a reason, you know, and, 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 and obviously there's some marketing that goes on there, but, but think about it, dude, like you go and buy a Rembrandt painting, multi-million dollar painting. There's only one, you know, the sea of Galilee, Rembrandt painted it dude. to have that thing. I mean, forget about the money, bro. You get to say you have a Rembrandt in your house. And so NFTs are the same way. And so back to our purpose, dude, like we're creators, bro. This is blown up because we're drawn to people who like, like that NFT, you know, I have a few NFTs and I just like them because you can just see this because you know what it took to make that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you appreciate that. And when, and when you, yeah. And when you're, when you see another creator and you're like, damn, bro, that was freaking sick, dude. It just, that's what lights a fire. And so I don't know, man, I'm kind yeah. of rambling, but creativity, no, I, dude. I get where you're coming from. And you, you hit a perfect point. Cause I personally believe that based on our emotional vibration that dictates our physical reality. And we're constantly the creators of our own reality. That's my yeah. personal belief. Yeah. And yeah. it seems as if once people get to a certain level in spirituality, environment, religion, whatever you want to call it, you know, once they, yeah, yeah. once they have this sense of being or this, this sense of fulfillment inside, they always end up becoming more of an artist. And it's something that people have preached for a really long time. And we've done yeah. it for so long. 
You know yeah, what I we, mean? We've yeah. created music. We've created art. Even like way back in the day, we've been yeah. creating. And that's what I think it is. We're creating our reality. And, you know, yeah. you can create art. And Right? Th this is art, right? This is yeah. our form of art. We're creating something for other people to look at, to watch. Um, you know, same thing when we're making videos, when we're on social media. <laughs> we're, we're just well, always constantly creating. Yeah, man. And Ryan Holiday wrote another book. So dude, I, I love that. I read, i pretty much have all of his books. Um, he wrote a book called perennial seller and you think it's a marketing book, but he does a really good job at, at it being like another philosophy book. It's very strange, but it's an extremely good book. And he talks about the difference between like, um, so like, for example, like a really good example is like Dave Chappelle. Um, he, dude, his comedy will go down forever as some of the best comedy, and he'll go down as some as one of the greatest social influencers ever to pick up a microphone and stand in front of somebody. What makes the difference between between like a Dave Chappelle, you know, and like somebody else, you know, very and it's the love that they have for what they're doing. You know what I'm saying, like. And the respect that they have, like, like Dave Chappelle walks away from $50 million be, because of a, because of a, a, a TV show at comedy central, he didn't care, bro. He didn't care. And then he comes back. He absolutely crushes it. The first day back, Dave Chappelle sold out arenas, you know, he didn't really miss anything. And, and so he talks about this in perennial seller about how to like be a perennial seller, how to make a, uh, a product or a service that will last forever. And it's, and it's this idea of like the you-ness of it. You know what I'm saying? It's like mama's cooking. Like, dude, I don't know what my mom did to, to my favorite dish, but I cannot make it like her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That it's, originality. It's that. Yeah. It's, it, and there's, and, and you know, and I use all the same ingredients. I use all the same, I do everything. I watch her, I videotape her, I do it. And there's nothing like it. And it's because it's from mom. It's not because, you know what I'm saying? It's because yeah. it's mom's. Right. Yeah. You did make it the same, bro, but it doesn't taste as good because it's not my, there's no, it's that love ingredient, dude. Yeah. It's a real I, ingredient, man. And sometimes I think some, <laughs> we can all get caught up, like trying to copy or trying to replicate something. Yeah. And, when you weren't supposed to. Yeah. And when we create something that just comes from our heart, you know, no judgment and we just let things flow, you know, everybody can create something that is original and unique and just totally divine. And it's just, it's beautiful once we tap into it. And really all we have to do is, you know, shut off that anal analytical part of our brain and naturally that creativity will flow. And I've noticed for <laughs> me, I'm a very analytical person by nature. So it seems as if almost as if, you know, I'm like, really leveled up on that analytical side and I've got to mm. get some more of that creativity. So like, that's more of the, where my focus is at. And it's crazy that when I tap into that creativity side and I quit analyzing things and I just let things flow, how much yeah. life flows. And it seems like everything lines up. Yeah, man. And, uh, and that's what I'm saying. Hopefully I'm not talking too much, but no, you're like, good, brother. but like, that's what I'm saying, dude. It's like, you want to create something good, like start doing what you love, man. That's what I was, I was on Twitter the other day. I didn't write it as well as I should have, but at the end of the day, I was like, how do you be wealthy? Well, you just start doing something you love, man. And like, I know that sounds weird, but like, like think about Elon Musk and his first business was PayPal. He saw a need. He's not in PayPal anymore. He's not even in payments anymore, but his 
calling was to create things. You know what I'm saying? And that's all he did. He just loved creating. He loved solving problems. That's what PayPal was. PayPal wasn't, Elon Musk, it wasn't about making a million dollars. He was like, dude, the internet's a big deal. People need to be able to pay safely online. So let's create PayPal. Coded all night. Not because he was like fanatical about payment processing. He was fanatical about helping people and creating something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's the dip. Cause he sold PayPal and that was it. You know, then he went to SpaceX and then he went to the boring company and then he went to whatever Tesla and all these things, you know, but they were never about the cars. It was never about space. It was never about, it was about like, like creativity and like expanding our knowledge and, and think, you know, this, these, these woo woo terms that we think of now, but you know, it was, you know, it's never about making money for him. Although I'm sure it's not a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know well, I'm and saying? I'm sure some people will disagree and say, Oh no, he's in it for the money. Yada, yada, yada. Whatever, sure, whatever. your beliefs yeah, are. Yeah, I, I don't, believe, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that he was in it for the money in the beginning. And if you listen to some of his talks before he ever blew up, there's one in particular where he's like addressing a college graduating class. And he's talking about this whole idea about how, you know, like his whole thing is he wants to change the world. Like he wants to just do some big things. And it comes from his love of that. Right. And yeah. he just does it. He goes all in. And then it's like the money flows, right? All those exterior things that we're focusing on, they flow when you focus, you know, within. And that's one huge thing that I've really been focusing on lately. And, you know, I got from Buddhism and a bunch of Eastern philosophy religions is just focusing within yourself. Like you have Mm -hmm. everything you need. And, you know, I remember when I was in car sales, man, I said, once I make X amount of dollars, I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to be so set. And I did it and I was not happy and I was not so set, you know, and you just want more. And it's just recognizing that cycle that you're always going to want more. And if you always focus on those exterior motives, you may not get to where you want to be. And it may not be what you thought it was if you do get there. Oh, for sure, dude. Yeah. And, you know, it's always like, um, well, in, in the first chapter of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson, the first chapter is Don't Try. And I love that, dude. I love that because it's like, just let it go, man. Don't force it. Like, just start doing what you love. Just start focusing on every day. Like your goals should, should build habits. Your goals shouldn't, your goals should be about things that are in your control and they should be focused on building habits that, that help you become the person that's ready for these goals, dude. Because that's what a lot of people don't understand, man, is like, you get the money, you get the cars so a perfect example, like from car sales is like, dude, I, okay, let me tell you a story, man. I, <laughs> I don't know if I told you the story, bro. That's we cool. have this guy. Uh, he, I, I go, I, I'm a team leader at a new dealership, a Nissan dealership. And there's this new sales guy, you know, and he is on fire, dude. He's a stellar sales guy. He's young, you know, he's, he's personable. He doesn't have a girlfriend, so he flirts a little bit and, <laughs> and he swoons people a little bit. And and did even guys like to, you know, feel important. So shit works, man. And he so very charismatic, very good salesman. He's making, dude, he's like 19, making 10 grand a month, not knowing what's not even kind of knowing what to do with it, just pissing it away. So he comes to the to the dealership one day. He buys a and so the first cardinal sin in car sales. The first sin is buying a is buying a car from a 
dealership that's not yours. Even if it's a even if it's a Lamborghini, you don't buy a Lamborghini from Lamborghini. You buy a Lamborghini from wherever you're at, dude. Right. So he goes out and he he buys this without talking to any of us. Like this, he's like four months into car sales and he's already made quite a bit of money. And it's clear that he's good. It's like four or five months into car sales. He goes and buys this Mercedes Benz, like a, like a coupe. Dude, that thing was beautiful, bro. Had, it was blacked out. It was a certified pre-owned. It was like $80,000 Benz. Uh, all blacked out. Had the, had the yellow pinstripes around it that, that like went into the wheels. And so we're talking to him. And we're like, dude, uh, you know, did you get the extended warranty? He's like, no. I'm like, okay. And we go, did you get like, the, you got the tire and wheel, bro? He's like, no, I didn't get the tire and wheel. And I'm like, we're like, bro, you know, that's a $5,000 setup down tire and tire and rim, bro. Those things are custom. You can't go to freaking Walmart and buy a Benz wheel, dude. Like, he's like, oh, I didn't know that. And we're like, okay, well. He's like, dude, yeah. And then this dude, and, and look, I'm not making fun of people who, who do this. It was just this situation. And it goes back to what we're talking about. He's like, yeah, bro. I was the coolest car in the Walmart parking lot. We're like, dude, what are you doing? You know, you can't, you can't, you can't, a, a Mercedes Benz isn't a car. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A Mercedes Benz isn't a car. A Mercedes Benz is a lifestyle. You don't go to Mercedes. You don't go buy $80,000 Mercedes and go, Go to the dollar menu, bro. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you don't buy a Mercedes. I mean, some maybe you do, and maybe smart people do, but you understand what like a Rolex. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You can only buy a Rolex if you're invited to buy a Rolex. Unless you buy it pre if you buy a new Rolex, you have to be, you have to know somebody who gets you into there. Yeah. Like, okay. What are you doing, bro? Yeah. So it's like this idea. I'm like, so so cars is a perfect example. It's a lifestyle, dude. It's it's a it's a lifestyle. Mercedes-Benz isn't a car, it's a lifestyle. Rolex isn't a isn't a brand, it's a lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. that's what that's what that's what this is. And it's a lifestyle, dude. It's it's like you, you know, it um so one of one a big one in in Christianity is charity, and I don't want I don't mean to like hijack anything, but this is the last thing I'll say. Charity. Everybody thinks charity is an act. Charity isn't something you do. It's it's who you are. Charity isn't an act. It's a disposition. You're either charitable or you're not. You know that's why the first part of First Corinthians chapter thirteen is is Paul saying. Even though I give my body to be burned, even though I feed the poor, I give all my money away, I follow Jesus for the rest of my life. If I did all of that and I didn't have charity, it'd be for nothing. Um, that's the point, dude. Yeah. Like a lot of this stuff is lifestyle stuff. It's not. Yeah, it's it's not the act. It's like the principle. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm. That's why yeah. I'm Merced. That's why that story. That kid. I tell it. And by the way, he worked for me later, and he was great at sales. And I don't know what he's doing now, but he's a good kid. But yeah. we were just like. No, no I, I get your point, you know, and, <laughs> and it kind of ties into everything really. Um, you know, I think sometimes people are under the impression that they can change their life or they can change their mindset and then like go back to old ways, but that's yeah, not what yeah. it is. Like you have to change your whole entire lifestyle, like the way that you live. And it's pretty simple, but I have this quote, like your life will never, your life will never change if you don't change what you do in your life. Right. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah, your lifestyle. Yeah. And another guy said it, um, you know, if you want to do something you've never done before or accomplish something you've never done before, like you're going to have to do things you've never done before. And it's like, it sounds redundant. sounds really simple, but when you yeah. really think about it, it's the truth. Like you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. You're going to have to change things around. You're going to have to leave things behind. And I think that's where we get into attachment. You know, we get so attached to, to certain things that we do or certain habits that we have a hard time <laughs> of letting go of. And these new habits kind of shed from our life. Yeah, well, that was the that was the point behind that Mercedes Benz story, and that's a very specific story. I don't don't go crucifying me because I <laughs> said Mercedes Benz people can shop at Walmart because it's not the point. <laughs> the point is, is it's a lifestyle, dude. You know, it's like, you know, if you can't afford the oil change on a Benz, you can't afford a Benz, man. That's part of it. Yeah, it's just like, listen, dude, you want a million dollars, you're not you're not ready for million dollar problems. Yeah. Or, and or I, you got to be ready for a million dollar problems. And I get exactly what you're saying in that, in that car <laughs> analogy. It's like you, you, it's going to be really tough to just pack up one day and go to Nepal and become a Buddhist monk. Like you should yeah. probably, you should probably, there's going to be some preparation, right? You're going to have to make some serious lifestyle changes. So like prepping yeah. for that and like adjusting for that life, you know, or, or, or building up to that Mercedes Benz to the point where you can more than afford it right before you buy it. You, right. you know, people try to look rich. You know, and, and, and people who have real money, like real big boy money, you have no idea they have money for the most part. Yeah. I mean, and dude, that's the point, right? Is like that if you're comfortable with it, you you don't do certain things. And so, yeah, bro, like I, that's why I stick to car analogies because like, that's a lot of ones. Well, first of all, it's kind of surprising how many people don't know that a, a Mercedes, an oil change on a Mercedes Benz is not tens of dollars. It's hundreds of dollars. You know, you yeah. cannot go to discount tire and buy a tire for a Benz. Okay. Right. <laughs> if you do, they'll buy it from Benz and put it on for you and it will be the same price. And that's the thing, right? Like you want to be, you want to be a monk. That's like, okay, you want a Benz. Wheels are five grand. You ready for that? No. Okay. Well, maybe, you know, I mean, you know, yeah. did you know your windshield's Autom has automatic rain sensing wipers. That's a thousand dollar windshield. You cannot call, can't call safe flight for that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? And there's, there's so many things like that in life. You know, I think yeah, we get ahead yeah. of ourselves and we buy that item and it, it, you know, transmutes and says so many different things or, or even like what you're saying, right. You probably get people like coaching, right. I, I want, I want, I want to be better. Right. Are you sure? And what I mean by that is, you can't, you know, you can't do X, you can't do Y, right? It's probably not a good idea to drink every night. You know, you want to be mindful every day, probably shouldn't get inebriated every night. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm not saying drinking's yeah. bad you, and, no, and moderation, you but you know what, what I'm saying? saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I, I want clarity. Probably shouldn't get high every night then. Right. It's just, you know what I mean? And it's not yes. bad. Like, dude, go smoke your weed. I don't give a, I don't give a shit, yeah. but I'm, but the, if you want certain things, if you want to be a Buddhist monk, those guys don't drink. Those guys don't smoke weed, right? They don't, yep. they don't do certain, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> don't yeah, 100%. And, uh, and it's not yeah, bad either way. You just got to pick what you want. Uh, like people want to get to heaven, but they don't want to go through hell, you know, or, or people want certain or things better. they don't, yeah, or they, they don't want to put in the work, you know, that yeah. it takes, they want the results. And unfortunately, yeah. not making excuses for people, but kind of am. Uh, society in a way has programmed people to, to be like that, you know, 
yeah. with all these gurus and the get rich quick <laughs> schemes and I made ten thousand dollars dropshipping last month. Join, you know, like yeah, 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 yeah. And, okay. and and it's all out there, but well, but you really do have to, you know, you got to put in the work. Well, yeah, okay. So so you said the the heaven one. I think Grant Cardone said this. By the way, I love Grant Cardone. But one of the things that he said was like Brent. He was like, dude. He's like, everybody wants to go to heaven, but no one wants to die to get there. And yeah, I was like, I like and that. I was like, yeah, dude. Well, like, okay, dropship. Here's why. Here's why I don't really hate them. I made ten thousand dollars dropshipping. Let me show you how. Well, dude, I believe you. First of all, I believe that you made ten grand dropshipping. Yeah. For, second of all, what I what I think you're missing is like, dude, people aren't ready for that. Have you tried to dropship, bro? Yeah, yeah. That shit is hard. Yeah. It's not a passive income thing. That's why I hate the term passive income. By the way. That's the stupidest. So the, the, the real term for that is called residual income, right? Passive makes you feel passive income makes it feel like I don't have to do shit. Drop shipping is one of the hardest things you can do, bro. That's, well, that's hard. The, that's my whole point is that they paint the picture, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You, exactly. If you paint exactly. the picture, that no, I'm with you. Though. Yeah. I'm with you all the time in society. Then <laughs> when you get real with someone and I say, okay, yeah, you got to do a cold plunge and they don't even want to take a fucking cold shower. Right. <laughs> well, how bad do you really want it? If you can't hop in some fucking cold water, you know? Yeah. I mean? Yeah. You can't even take a cold shower, bro. You're not ready for a nice bath, <laughs> but it, it's funny as you, as you bring that yeah. point up, because, um, you know, I noticed that a lot. Um, and you know, a lot of times when it, and even just talking about it, as opposed to being about it is people will say, yeah, I'm ready to do that. Like you'll look them dead in the face, right? You tell them, Hey, you got to do this for, uh, for Mercedes Benz. You know, you got this type of oil change, right? You know, that the, the wheels are five grand, right? And then yeah. they say, yes, 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 yes. I'm ready. Trust me. I've done my research. And then once they get there, like, Oh, well, shit. Yeah. And yeah. then it's like, but you okay. didn't know what that means. Yeah. You know what I mean? didn't know what it yeah. means or, or you weren't really ready to step out of your comfort zone and do that, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is a lot of people, you go, you know, the wheels are wheels and tires are five grand for this thing, but they've never made five grand in their life. So of course they'd be like, yeah, dude, whatever <laughs> you've, you know what I mean? Like yeah. once you've made five grand, then you're like, Ooh, dude, ooh. that's a lot of money. Do I want to do I, well, yeah. Do I want to spend it there? Probably not, man. And if you right. do man, go for it, I don't give a shit if you own a Benz or not, dude, I don't care what you do, yeah. but but it's not, but it's a, but again, like that's why these brands are so successful. That's why Toyota and Lexus are freaking phenomenal. Is the, have you ever been inside a Lexus manufacturing plant? Uh -uh. Okay. I haven't, but I interviewed a guy who works in, who works, uh, he makes the, uh, he works for a factory that, that makes the rubber for the outside of the cars, you know, the weather stripping. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he, he is the CEO of this company who, who makes all of, for all the car parts. Okay. There's two lines. You can do this with one assembly line. There's two assembly lines in his factory. One is for all the cars, Honda, Toyota, or excuse me, Honda, uh, Dodge, Nissan. That's one line. There's another line for Toyota, a separate line. That was run completely different. They have to get a totally different thing. Uh, and you and the only way that they can keep their deal with Toyota is to have a separate line. Toyota and Lexus to have a separate line because Toyota comes in and they inspect the line where the weather stripping is made. It's wow. insane, bro. I interviewed the guy. His name, his name is um, Michael Rodenberg. He's the CEO of Murkami uh, oh, Manufacturing. Yeah. And uh, in Kentucky, 
And he's like, yeah, it's a whole separate thing. He he's the CEO, so he got to fly to he got to fly to like I don't know where they he got to fly to some Lexus one. Dude, he said even the manufacturing plant, you walk in there, it looks like a it's like marble floor. The the waiting room is like marble floor, paint high ceiling. Dude, it's like this isn't a manufacturing plant, bro. I I'm from Iowa. Yeah. I know what a factory looks like. That's <laughs> not a factory. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, bro. No, yeah, 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 man. They're, 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 uh, but yeah, dude, that's the kind of stuff that they, Lexus doesn't get thrown in with Honda and Nissan and all these guys because they're better. They, they're so, they believe they're better so much that down to the weather stripping they put on your cars is on a different plant than everybody else. I think, I think that says something about, about how you should see yourself. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and if you are a high quality car, you got to remember that a high quality car <laughs> takes high quality gasoline, right? Yeah. Dude, isn't that funny, bro? You, you can't be like... putting, you can't be putting unleaded in your Lambo or your Merc <laughs> or your Rari. Okay? Dude, that's what you're going to blow the fucking engine up. You got that call. We all got that. Call. I mean, whenever you sold an, a nice car, right? My engine's knocking. What gas did you put in it? That's why it's knocking, dude. Oh, I'm not supposed <laughs> to put diesel in it? You're not supposed to put unleaded. No, dude, you just bought a BM. You bought a seven series BMW. Did you think it was okay? You know what I mean? Yeah. I would have never bought it if I knew that. <laughs> all right. Well. All right. So la- last okay. question for you, Dalton, before we right. wrap it all up is. Okay. If you have one message for the entire world. You got a big old megaphone. Whole entire world is listening to you. Seven plus billion people. What are you saying to them? Uh, I think it's what we've been talking about. I think it's just love yourself, man. Just, just love yourself. That's it. It's not complicated. You know, it's hard, but it's a lot that goes into that. But um, loving yourself means integrity. Loving yourself means um, coming, you know, accepting yourself as you are. And uh, yeah, you know, one of my favorite just on loving yourself as you are and coming as you are. I think it's miracles happen when that, because uh, there's, and I don't, again, did this actually happen? I don't really give a shit, but, <laughs> but in the Bible, there's a story about the loaves and fishes, right? And, and Jesus goes, Hey, we need to feed these people. And the disciples go, I don't know what you're fucking talking about, dude. We don't have literally, we don't have like, we don't have enough for these. There's 5,000 people. He's like, well, what do you have? They're like five loaves and, five fish he's like that'll work and he feeds and then he feeds the five thousand or he's got whatever however many fish it loves they have right and and uh he feeds the five thousand he makes a miracle and all they did was what they had and so i really believe that miracles and i and i feel like that's a that's a myth and that's a symbol of when you just show up as you are don't don't try to be anything more than you're than you are don't don't worry about if you don't have it or if you don't when you love yourself and you show up as you are, big things happen because you make it work when yeah. you love yourself. So, yeah. I love that, man. Yeah. Self-love is huge. And I think especially in today's day and age where we have, uh, you know, a lot of social media that um, is prone to making people compare themselves to others or is prone to making them feel not good enough, you know. Uh, is just remembering that you are enough, that that you have everything you need. And as you remember that and you really embrace that in your 
as a core truth, you know, a core value, it seems like more beautiful things shine through in your life, in your life. But as we focus on the things that we don't have and, you know, our errors and our flaws and we judge ourselves, it almost seems as if more of those happen, you know, what we focus on manifests. And, and once we start loving ourselves, it's incredible how easy it is to love others, because a lot of times when people are judging others, it's because, you know, when they go home, they're judging themselves and they're just yeah. rejecting it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. That's it, bro. Mm. That's it, man. Bro. I love it, Dalton. I love having <laughs> you on here. This was, this was a beautiful conversation. I love your insight. I love it when you call people out about, you know, driving Mercedes <laughs> and Walmart. <laughs> well, it's just, you know, no, I'm just playing with you, man. I, they, they definitely got yeah. the message. Cool. Well, dude, I dude, I appreciate it. It's a beautiful podcast, bro. I love it. I've been listening since day one, dude. I it's an, it's an honor just to be on here, dude. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. That that means yeah. a lot, Dalton. And I'm very grateful to have you in my life, brother. And I love you, man. Okay. Thanks, bro. Absolutely, bro. Oh, one last thing. Uh, why don't you uh tell the people where they can follow you on Instagram? Uh, you know what I mean? And uh, oh, where yeah. they can find, you know, if you have any other services that you're providing, all that good stuff. Yeah, actually, everything's moving to uh I'm kind of, st I'm stepping back from social media, but you can, I mean, you can still follow me there. I'll still, I still have a, a manager who posts stuff. Um, so you can follow me on it, pretty much any, any social media platform at Dalton K Jensen. Um, but the, the majority of the community is going to be on my discord channel, the thinking project. And you can find that on my website, daltonkjensen.com. No doubt. Well, awesome. Be sure to follow them guys. And thank you so much for listening. Dalton, you take care, brother. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for listening to the Life Rips podcast. If this episode brought you any sort of value whatsoever, and maybe there's something inside of you saying, I kind of like the energy I'm feeling right now, be sure to follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Happy Gang Lifestyle. I post mindfulness content, spiritual content, motivational content Monday through Friday. If you'd like to know more about my story or have an inkling inside of you that I might be able to help you in your journey in life, be sure to reach out to me or schedule a free strategy session at happygangcoaching.com. It's free. What do you have to lose? Make it a great day.